Blog Talk Radio. That's what led me to that warehouse. You call that helping? You're gonna beat that kid within an inch of his life. Come on. I wasn't gonna kill him. It sure looked like it. The hand is dangerous. They murdered my parents. Invaded the city I was sworn to protect. That kid's got nothing to do with all that. Of course he does. He works for them. He needed a job. That's not an excuse. You never fought someone to protect someone else? Of course I have. Okay, so what's the difference? The difference is I live on their block. The difference is I'm not some billionaire white boy who takes justice into his own hands and slams a black kid against the wall because of his personal vendetta. Yeah, Claire told me about you on the way over here. Not all the mystical parts, but everything else. The money? That doesn't define me. Maybe not. But that kid is sitting in a jail cell tonight, and you're not. Neither are you. Not this time. But I've seen my share of injustice. The guy in the white hat, he's just the beginning. You're not thinking about the bigger picture. And you're not thinking about anything but yourself. Hey, you know nothing about me. I know enough. And I know privilege when I see it. You may think you earned your strength, but you had power the day you were born. Before the dragons, before the chi, you have the ability to change the world without getting anybody hurt. These people won't be stopped that way. Oh, so you're taking the war to the ones at the bottom, is that it? If I were in your shoes, I'd think twice about using that thing on people who are trying to feed their families. This isn't going to work out, it's obvious. You're traveling to another radio show. A broadcast not only of sight and sound, but of mind, mind. A journey into the wondrous land whose boundaries are that of the imagination. imagination. That's the on-air sign up ahead. Your next stop, Afro-Nerd Radio. With your guides, Dee Bird, Captain Kirk, and on Grindhouse Saturdays, the uncanny Daryl D. And introducing West Coast correspondent, Miss Claire Linnae. Mind expansion engaged. Good evening, folks. We're back. You know what time it is. This is the Midweek in Review edition of AfroNerd featuring Captain Kirk. You should also know the drill. Simply call 646-915-9620. Again, 646-915-9620. And if you'd like to join in with your questions, your protestations, and all that jazz, 
feel free to do so. We do not bite. Um, we look forward to the conversation. People, we have a lot to discuss. We have about 90 minutes. And I do want to touch on this whole deal with the Confederate statues being removed uh, with many of these southern states, pardon me, in the southern states. And also, uh, tangentially, it's really a referendum on many historical statues. So it's not just being relegated to the, the Civil War statues, but more about just that, hey, George Washington, George Washington uh, another look. Uh, there's a controversy with with C- Christopher Columbus. We'll go over this. We'll go over this. It's a pretty fascinating and interesting topic, and we seem to be revisiting history as much as we're being told. I'm saying I'm talking about being tribal as, as often as Black folk are be, have been told that well, you should forget forget about slavery and why bring up history. Now we're right back at it again. But the conversation really isn't about black folks specifically. It's everyone. Now, on the other side, it's about what's going down with history. We have to preserve our history. This seditious history, what they need to have that pre- preserved. So uh, we'll get into it. You know what we do, people. Let's go to a quick psychedelic soul, Afropunk, coming up this Saturday. Folks, I will not be available uh, I would, I'm assuming, of course, that The Uncanny will also be in attendance. We're going to talk about it. I think I'm only going to be able to do one out of the two days, so that's unfortunate, but we will see. Saturday is definite for me. Anyway, back to the groove. Let's go into Van Hunt, one of my favorite artists, Morehouse man Van Hunt, who is really a, a, an indie fave, indie favorite. And this is from a 2007 album that was scrapped, Blue Note, scrapped and popular, ironically. The name of the album was popular. And I think it's been re-released courtesy of Spotify. Man, this album is something else. I heard Cardi B today. Cardi B is getting a lot of run. And it is, it's like Camp Town Races. It's like Camp Town races, people. So (laughs) it is what it is. Let's go to this groove. We'll be right back, people. We'll get into this Confederacy debate, the Confederate statues. You know what we do. This is Prelude, the dimples on your bottom. (laughs) We'll be right back, folks. Two minutes. Let's groove. You're looking for your girlfriend. Convinced that you were lesbian. Started dressing like a man. Let me see. 
the dimples on your bottom. Power groove, power funk. Morehouse man, Van Hunt. Folks, this is the the grindhouse. (laughs) There will not be a grindhouse this Saturday, folks, but it is certainly the midweek. Let's get into it, folks. I'm a little antsy. You're needed in the ready room once again. Let's get to it, sir. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Take a look at what I've done. I used to rock in my basement. Now I'm number one. Let's go. All right, people. Uh, Cap, I want you to take the floor for a moment. I, I do have some clips to play about this, but I'm, I'm kind of eager to, to get your impressions about where we are right now, uh, maybe in the general and maybe in the specific. Uh, it seems that we are in the midst of some kind of new revitalized racial debate, big time. I, I just a cursory look at many of the news sources that I that I read. Many of these news sources, news sources, it seems that every every other story has a racial connotation connected to it, and I'm just trying to figure out like what what the hell is going on where we are at 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 each other's throats, at least metaphysically. I mean, what happened in Charlottesville, Virginia, was was a horror show. But we have that, and now you know it's it, it's it's culminating culminating in the re, revising history. So I'm eager to hear your thoughts, and then I'll we'll we'll play some of these clips for more information for the audience. So what what are your general impressions? about what's going on well, now. Well, when I first started on the show, I said America and other places will descend down into race war. And what you had was low-level race war. You had low-level race war for a long time in this country. People will say from the beginning since black people have been in here. But I would say the low level has picked up some. It stays at a low level for a while, then it goes down a path, gets a little bit stronger, then it gets a little bit stronger. You stay there, it normalizes for you, and then eventually hits an exponential curve, and then it's going to get crazy every day. That's the path with this. I also had said to you originally that Europe would be destroyed. Well, how? Via the immigration. Look what's happening. All of these people are complaining, whether it's Sweden, Germany, all these places. All right? When you're dealing with immigration, what you're dealing with? You're dealing with culture war, class war, and race war. So this is what the world is descending down into. So ultimately, you're not in your reality, you're in the captain's reality. And this is what captain was trying to tell everybody from the beginning. Now, as we keep going, as we see here, that's the overall perspective. As you, as you see here, you take a step back and you really look at this, put aside all the emotion. Who's really in the United States, all right? What's the real problem here from the powers that be perspective? It's who? It's not black people. It's not Latin people. It's who? It's the white man from the powers that be's perspective. So 
something has to be done to this white man. Why would we say white man? Let's back up, back up through history. You know, <clears throat> we look at slash European terrorism, imperialism. Look at Spain. We could also put Portugal and France in there, too. Look at Spain. Spain was so thorough, thorough, and what's Spain? The conquistador, European slash white man, regardless whatever you want to say. And they were so thorough that all these places, Venezuela, Colombia, you go to them, what's your original language? They don't know anything about the original language. They tell you that they're Spanish. So they're thorough, these individuals. We have what, we, what happened to the American black. The American black is a creation. He's a Eurocentric black. Now, why does the captain call you Eurocentric black? Here's the mind screw, because I got to screw with everybody. When you go down the occult line from the occult, now we all know from your standpoint, the occult is bucks. All right, spook is a mojo, but there's a hundred million. They say there's a hundred million. I don't know how they got this figure. They say there's a hundred million certified occultists in the world. Eh, I don't know how they got that figure. You ask me. I don't know where they get these figures from. But that's what they'll say. Also, we know there's over a billion Christians. Also, you know there's 1.6 billion Muslims and growing. And there's also, as they say, 5.5 billion people are caught up in a religion. So there is power behind these statements. What I'm about to say. You go down from the cult line because it carries along the male. Blacks in America are not black. They're actually white people with black in them from the cult standpoint. Now, here's, here's, the, here's the mind screw. Just according to that, it would somewhat make sense. Because what happens <laughs> if you woke up all these white people and made them black? <laughs> well, Ireland will probably kill themselves. That's one. They'll be confused. They really know what to do and know where they would fit in. Now, black people, you're not going to kill yourself. That's something you really don't do. Psychologists say that all the time. That's something black people really don't do. But you're definitely confused. <laughs> and you always try to run to your daddy, your creators, and say, what's going on? How come you don't love me? <laughs> That's just from the cult standpoint. So, but you do know that you're Eurocentric blacks here. That you do know. And if you go down to Spain, Spain route, all these Latin countries, they could be darker than me. What do they call themselves? Spanish. Coming down the male route from the men. What did, what did Spain do? They went in their countries, tortured, murdered, raped, took over. That's what they did. That's all in the history. That's according to history. That's nothing that I'm making up. That's according to the history. Now, which reason why I say according to the history, I put the onus on them, the history. Because we have, never know the history could be false. I'm not making it up. I wasn't there. Now, according to the history, here it says... You're a Eurocentric black because they injected themselves into you here in America. That's according to the history. I was not there. Now, let's go according to the history from the powers that be standpoint. Now, do not go against the powers that be their history. In certain countries, if you even try to say that 6 million people didn't die and you have proof, you're not allowed to say it. Okay? They'll, they'll torture, vivisect everything that you're about. <laughs> you understand? So let, let, let's say... 10 million died. Play it safe because we don't want that because they have a lot of power. What you have to understand when you have power, you cannot tell truth to power, nor can you tell falsehoods to power that they do not like. It's not about bringing the truth because history is written by the victorious people. That doesn't mean that it's the truth. And we see that every day. But let's go to that now. What happened in Nazi Germany? Wasn't there a type of people that tried to stomp out another type of people? So who's the threat on the world? We go further. Who were the only type of people, and what were they, that used nuclear weapons? 
So this, you take a step back. The problem is from their standpoint, not my standpoint, from the powers that be standpoint that run everything, because they do run everything outside of China and North Korea and Iran and a couple of other places. But they do. If you look at everything, you look at the money trap. They don't like when you tell them that, but it's the truth. So you, you look at it. Who has to be split up? Who? All right? Because what happens to these type of people? We have the history once they left unchecked. All right? You, you look at North Korea, one type of people. You look at China, one kind of people. So you see, people, the powers that be, do not like one type of people unless it's their, themselves. All right? You see what people begin to start to do. It's all in front of you. And we know what this type of man is capable of doing because we have the history. You understand? So this is coming from their perspective, looking at this. Now, your, your little small view black man or Latin man or liberal or conservative, this is taking a step back and look what's going on. Now, if you also keep going with it, they try this in Cambodia with let's pull down the monuments so you can reboot history. Things didn't happen. What do they tell you all the time when you take history? If you don't know your past, you're destined to repeat it. So be very careful what's happening. And you got to look at this from this. You got to look at it from the short and also the long. The short, of course, is, well, black people are going through this. White people are going through this. We, you know, we don't, and they use these terms, alt-left, alt-right. Call it for what it is, man. You know, white nationalism. You understand? Call it for what it is because these consultations, these terms hurt. And everything is, everybody's all about political, political correctiveness. Screw all of that. Call it for what it is. You understand? You kick down the monuments, it's real easy to start rebooting history. Why? Because people who know the history, like a lot of you proper Negroes know the history, but eventually, going down a regular timeline, not going down the captain's timeline, hypothetically speaking, but going down a regular timeline, eventually you get old and you die off. 40, 50 years from now. So gradually they can start to interject the reality that they want. You got to get rid of history. Now, as far as I'm concerned, the monuments need to effing stay. There's so many things that happen within this country that you need to know about. Not so much Afro-Nerd, not so much Bison, not so much Q-Storm. Younger generation is quick to forget, man. You know? They don't even know who Malcolm is. They don't really know who Martin Luther is. You understand? They don't know 1865. They don't know 1619. They don't know 1555. They don't know 1776. We don't, they don't know what happened in 1968. So these people are real easy to reboot. And then walk around, a duh, a duh, a duh. Which way do they go? Which way do they go? They don't know about Black Wall Street. They don't know anything about Jim Crow. Afro does. Bison knows all of that stuff. You know? But as you get older and... Allegedly, theoretically, going down a normal timeline, not going down the captain's timeline, you die off. So it's really easy to reboot history. So you got to look at it from the far and the short, what's going on here in America and also in the rest of the world. All right? That's how you have to look at it. You just can't look at, well, over here, you know, if I got a problem with the white man, I'm going to do this, that, that, and the third. There's more going on here than that. There's more going on here than that here in America. Back over to you, Afro-Nerd. All right, folks, if you haven't guessed it, this is a, 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 calm, <laughs> a calm version of, of the captain. I, I'm saying it to be facetious. This is the Midweek in Review edition of Afronaut featuring Captain Kirk. Um, I see uh, my longtime friend, 
uh, Nemesis, he's on hold. Uh, it, and to him, if you'd like to join in, as, as other callers are coming in, just press 1. Press 1. That way we know you want to actually join in on the conversation. Press 1. That way it's like a virtual hand raise. Um, I want to play this clip. Then I'm going to go to the phones. I see our, our uh, stalwart supporter and uh, associate slash friend, Q Storm. He's also in full effect of uh, the Red Shirts podcast and doing double duty with the Prince podcast. Okay, podcast shoes, pardon me. So anyway, uh, let's go to this, and then we will expound even, even further. This is more on the Confederate statues being removed. Hold on. Maine Governor Paul LePage did a radio interview on the station WGAN, and he spoke about Trump's response to Charlottesville. And uh, this guy has a history of making silly, preposterous uh, statements. So let's see what he said this time. Some of the criticism of Donald Trump has been the saying there was a more equivalence between the left and the right. And let me let me make it clear that I I condemn violence, and I think that the uh, Antifa group uh, being violent is is no more appropriate than anybody else. There is an argument to be made that what the KKK stands for is not quite the same as what Antifa stands for. I think what they're standing for is equally as bad. They're trying to erase history. How can future generations learn if we're going to erase history? That's disgusting. Are you talking about the, the uh, memorial? They're the the taking the monuments down? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, first of all, they should do study their history. They don't even know the history of this country, and they're trying to take monuments down. Listen, whether we like it or not, this is what our history is. And it's just, to me, it's just like going to New York City right now and taking down the monument of those who perished in 9-11. That, it will come to that. What? Come on, man. That's, even if you're somebody who's like, eh, you know, whatever, I prefer you keep up the Confederate monuments. You know that's a bullshit comparison. One group are the victims of a terror attack. The other ones are people trying to uphold a slave state. They're not the victims. They were traitors who were trying to preserve what they thought was their right to own human beings. Now, how would his analogy make sense? Well, it would make sense if he's saying, if, if we had statues in the South of all of the victims of the Confederacy, all of the slaves who were property to their owners... If we had monuments of the slaves to honor the slaves and somebody was trying to take those down, that would be akin to trying to take down the 9-11 memorial. Because the people who died on 9-11 were victims. Who were the victims of the Confederacy? The slaves! How does he convince himself of this garbage, man? I genuinely, like, the, amount, the mental gymnastics that have to go in to believing what he just said, it's legendary. And then also, now this is a new argument that I heard. that um, I, It emerged on social media, at least to me, a few days ago, where now the argument is, oh, I mean, well, the reason why you don't want to tear it down is you don't, you don't want to erase history. I mean, that's why these are up. It's educational except that's not why they're up. 
Now, if you want to talk about having Confederate regalia, Confederate monuments, and all that stuff in, a, in museums, I'm 100% with you. And if you've got some idiot protesters who try to take this shit away in a museum, I will 100% be against them because then they're being stupid. But these aren't in museums. Like we discussed, uh, the, one of the ones that they recently took down in North Carolina, it was in front of a courthouse. In front of a fucking courthouse. What is it doing in front of a courthouse? These are people who tried to secede from the United States of America, traitors, and they were trying to keep a slave state. So you can't... Okay, you get the, you get the gist. Folks, pardon the expletives. That's from a pretty popular YouTube podcaster, uh, Secular Talk, Secular Talk. Um, let's, let's open up the lines. Let's go do uh, Q-Storm, then I'll bring uh, Nemesis in. Um, Q-Storm, what's up, man? How are you? Uh, this is going to be hard because we, we, we're not supposed to curse on your show. <laughs> Real quick, I don't know if you saw my uh, my uh, tweet that I put out today, but I saw – today I saw for the first time what's the equivalent of a unicorn. I'm at my local 7-Eleven, and uh, there's a white guy outside changing his shirt, as you do outside in public. Right. Co- covered with tattoos. And I noticed on the on the front center of his chest tattooed a tattoo of a swastika. Wow! And I'm like, this is three miles from my house. Boy, I, I might get some target practice after all. <laughs> oh. Wow! Wow! <clears throat> anyway, I I got I stood there wrapped, just looking at this guy like. Now, do you think he would have done that prior to Trump? I mean, taking his shirt off. In public with a swastika on his chest, and I was wondering. I just I had to get to work, but I wanted to sit there and. Does anyone else going to do a double take at that? Or I, I didn't get a chance to see what happened. But anyway, um, <clears throat> I am. I'm really tired of this bull crap argument about leaving statues up, because of the historical value. And the guy in the clip kind of stole my reasoning. That's what museums are for. That's what books are for. That's what history books are for. Uh, these are statues that were erected post uh, in the nineteen in the ni- in the nineteen hundreds, if I'm not mistaken. Some of them nineteen sixties. They're not they're not that old. Many of these statues. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I, I think this is important. <clears throat> Many of these statues were erected in the wake of the civil rights movement. Now, why is that? Right. Well, go ahead. And I, I uh, go over to Germany and see if you see any statues memorializing Hitler. I, I, if they exist, I've never heard of them. So why is it necessary to keep these statues up over here for our quote-unquote history? Now, if you want to make the argument, well, they just built a statue to Martin Luther King in D.C., well, you know, Martin Luther King wasn't a traitor. Objectively, he was not a, a traitor. A tra- he did not want to secede from the Union. He did not hold slaves. He was about freedom. He took his marching orders from Gandhi, as opposed to statues to people who wanted to betray the country, who wanted to uh, maintain their slaves. So just just miss me with that argument. That's all I had to say. Uh, uh, hold on, Q. I'm going to bring in... Uh... My longtime friend, one of my best friends, actually. Uh, Nemesis, is that you? It is I. What's up, man? 
What's up, bro? Not much. Just doing my thing. I figured I'd tune in tonight, see what's going on, and uh, you hooked me. <laughs> oh, yeah. So our listening audience, this is a longtime friend of a retired uh, officer of the peace. So he's used to having dealt with uh, uh, Nick Nogary on, on, on uh, <laughs> Nick Nogary straight in your face. But go, that's another story, another show. What are your thoughts, sir? Yeah. Well, I hate to sound like a broken record. Everything that's going on is being perpetuated by the powers that be, not to coin a phrase from a captain. But it, it really has nothing – let me step back for a second. It, it has nothing directly to do with people's nature. People do what they do, and they hold their beliefs. Um, you know, racism never died. It, it's, you know, it's live and flourishing. But if you look at protesters in general, today's protesters are not the protesters of Martin Luther King's era. They are paid professionals. They get paid $25 an hour. They're given uh, phones and calling cards so they can call in every five hours to make sure that they're at the scene. They're giving reports, you know, detailed information. Uh, True indeed. Please. It's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's out of control for those who are in power. And for those who are in power and who are responsible, they are the true enemy of the state, the enemy of the people. And, you know, instead of going after a bunch of people in their own country who are trying to maintain, in their version, their sovereignty and, and their way of life, we need to be going after people who are hiding behind the bureaucracy of, of government and, and so forth and mark them as the true terrorists. You know, I, I usually don't try to comment specifically about current events because I look at it and I have being uh, a law enforcement officer for 20 years. You have to disconnect yourself after a while. That's part of the, the healing process of, of getting your life back. So, uh, you know, as far as speaking to the specifics of, of what happened in the Carolinas and so forth, um, I won't. But I do know that they were, the federal government ordered that uh, South Carolina specifically to take down the rebel flag that I think was hanging on the state capitol, if I'm not mistaken. And if I am, you know, feel free to interject. They were ordered to take it down. Now, Again, when it comes to, you know, inappropriate monuments and so forth, that's a governmental thing. And the people should have rallied and, and spoke to their local officials and had them take care of that. That's another matter. But, but what, when it comes to protesters and them going out and starting to, to basically vandalize society in, in general, it's, it's not people who are just fed up. These are pr- paid professionals. They're agitators. You know, we, we would arrest, arrest people in New York City, you know, during some type of event. They didn't even live here. They were from different yeah. states. They were bust in, and they were paid to agitate and to pee people off and, and to use that as to pressure uh, political agendas and sway people's uh, votes. You know, that's where the power is. They, they sway people's opinions and, and get them to vote a certain way. And, and the media... Is part of it. If you look deeply and you look at all the, the networks of how the money is funneled around, it's, it's a group of, of one percenters trying to control our lives. So I'm going to get off the soapbox, but I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad you said what you said, um, and, and I have to agree that there's something because you, you and I we grew up together, so uh, we have similar sensibilities, and. I tell you something, I, I think I have a spidey sense on some of this stuff. And that's why I yeah. opened it up, opened it to the captain by telling him that some of this just doesn't feel right. It's so much of a, mm-hmm. of a lull. Like if you go through it, the last couple of years, 
this Confederacy debate and the statues and, and kind of re, revisiting history and realigning history has been, has been ongoing where it, it, it reaches a fever. There's a lull for a couple of years. Now, all of a sudden, we're back into this again. So uh, that mm-hmm. within itself makes me feel this is orchestrated. It's a little too yeah. it's a little too perfect. It's too much of a perfect storm. And I, I'm like, all of a sudden, everything's about race. I mean, you know, it, we're that that cat has been been out of the bag already. I mean, I'm seeing so many people. I mean, I live a multiracial existence. I mean, oh, listen, I'm in Queens. I'm in New York, but I, I'm so I don't want to go into you know like this whole. Uh, uh, kumbaya thing, but I do feel yeah. with my close associates, I, I all of us look different. We have, uh, have different stories, and it makes it makes my life more more uh, grand. When I hang out w- with all my friends, and 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 the cap knows this, we are literally um, how would I put this? We we are uh, America. And we, we, I don't, I'm not caught up in this, this, this whole thing of, of, of tribalism and you have to look exactly like me. I mean, you know, I, I'm just pre- appreciative that at this point, I, I think it's important to find people with a certain character threshold. I'm just trying to find people that have a certain character, black, white, brown, whatever. That's what's going on. If your character, like if I owe you, if I lend you money, will you pay me back? See, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm dealing with that kind of thing. So this right here is so so beneath me. But I but I will say I will say that for people of color in general, what what really needs to happen, what really needs to happen, and I've been preaching this for the, on this show for many years, but I don't know if people are really getting it. Maybe it's about time they're getting it. We are going to have to increase our pride quotient. Let me repeat that. We are going to have to increase our pride quotient. That you know the, the the rap music and some of the coonery and some of the some of the the, the, the bad behavior and and uh, willingness to sell sell out your image for a quick buck, and then when someone calls you on it, you don't know what's going on. Uh, words like uh, political correctness or or respectability politics is probably a better word. And, and I know uh, Q Storm is very uh, intimate about that. Uh, I like respectability politics. I'll say it straight up right now, straight up in your face. I like respectability politics. The operative word of respectability politics is respectable or respect. But now we have a certain segment of, of folks of color, black, brown, and, and, and what have you, that feel like, well, I don't have to, I don't have to be uh, polite. I don't have to be uh, intelligent. I don't, have to, I don't have to go to school. I don't have to improve myself. You know, that's too... That, that, that will that will kowtow to what white people want. And it has absolutely nothing to do with white people. You need to be educated because you need to be educated. It's not about you need to be educated and it, and it, make, it brings you closer to whiteness. That's, that's stupid. But that, that's how many of us think. We're so <laughs> accustomed to having whiteness as a default positioning as opposed to saying, no, intelligence and cogitation – has no color. You're just intelligent. I want to see people who are more thinking, who can think constructively, and, and are able to and to able to to em, employ independent thinking. That's my main gripe right now. You were going to say something, um, Nemesis. Well, uh, actually, that was Keystone. Oh, Q. Yeah, <clears throat> I was going to say, I have no quarrel with the argument you just made. However, 
I think you're alienating yourself from the the argument at hand in regards to these monuments. I I have no problem with your view on respectability politics in a, in a in a in a form. I have no problem with just being respectable. Period. I don't care who approves of me being respectable, if it's a white person or a black person. But what I'm saying is, how I don't see the relevancy or to respectability politics and these statues coming down, whether we're respective, respectable or not. That's I'll a, tell you how. That's that's <laughs> a battle that we. Have. I mean, we, the point the point is is that if we even if we are respectable to ourselves, and we comport ourselves in a respectable manner, that's not going to stop the neo Nazis. That's not going to make the neo Nazis say, "Oh, well, let's let's take the statues down." Captain Titus thinks there is a connection, but he's not well, saying it. Well, what I got from what he was saying, it says like, okay, that's fine and dandy. All right, you, you have at it, but at the end of the day, we have to do what we do. You understand? Meaning which, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. That's fine and dandy, you know? But that's what I got from, you know, that's fine. At the end of the day, this is what we have to do over here, ultimately, to make us stronger, whether the neo-Nazis or whoever takes the monuments down or what have you, you know? White man going to be the white man to a certain extent. <laughs> that's what I got out of it. And I'll tell you something else. We have another call. Another caller too. Two four eight. Hold on. Two four eight. We'll get to you in one in one moment. What I'm saying basically, the cap is on 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 this uh, as a dead target. What I'm saying is that what these people are, go, are doing, they've been doing it for centuries. Um, you have a set of folks that if, if they're so caught up in not having to get their own ducks in line, ducks in order, that they're not even capable of actually bringing a fight to these people. So you have to you have to get you do have to do a little bit of corrective measures internally. Your your um so your armor is tighter to actually bring the fight to these people. See that's what I mean by increasing your pride quotient. So many of us are, are, are pants sagging, all that nonsense. See, people don't believe that connects anything, but no one takes you seriously. Okay, that's what I'm that's what I'm getting at. Uh I have a perfect example, Q, and I'm gonna play it in a, a minute. There's a gentleman that's a professor at Georgetown, Georgetown Law. His name is Paul Butler. Paul Butler shook the room for a minute because he he was very – first of all, he's a law professor, black man, intelligent, all that stuff. Somebody's going to say, oh, he's one of those respectable Negroes. No, he he has a certain tight Tony Stark armor. That when you come to him with some nignoggery, he is going to be able to put a fist in your face, and, and metaphysically, with righteousness. There's a woman on NPR that was talking about all this confederacy stuff. I'm going to play this clip. Now this, is, now, this is how I would have reacted while maintaining a certain comportment. Not a whole bunch of emotion. See, a lot of us are caught up in a bit, emotion and screaming. And, and, and you're not serious, you're not tight, you're not capable of actually being able to respond. So I want to play this clip of um, Professor Paul Butler. And this is going back a year ago. This goes to show you the, 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 the lows, the lows, and the valleys and everything with this, this whole thing, up and down, up and down. But you got to hear how this guy responded. And even when he responded, the way that he responded, P. 
people still critique today. He 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 was too mean, <laughs> and he wasn't mean. He was just straight in your face. So hold on one second. You got to listen to this. Okay, here we go. Hold on. On the other side, you've got Georgetown law professor Paul Butler, who had this response to a caller in NPR who descended from Confederate veterans. I think we need to focus on gun control and not be sidetracked by this, but. I'm not somebody who thinks the battle flag should stay there, but I certainly honor my ancestors. I have no respect for your ancestors. Uh, as far as your ancestors are concerned, I, I shouldn't be a law professor at Georgetown. I should be a slave. Uh, that's why they fought that war. Uh, I don't understand what it means to be proud of a legacy uh, of, of terrorism and violence. Uh, last week at this time, I was in Israel. The idea that... Uh, uh, a, a German would say, um, you know, that thing we did called the Holocaust, that was wrong, but I respect the courage of my Nazi ancestors. That wouldn't happen. The reason people can say what you said in the United States is, is because, again, black life just doesn't matter to a lot of people. Joining me now is Paul Butler, Georgetown professor of law at Georgetown University. And, Paul, I was really uh, struck by the kind of frank honesty of that response, but it, but it gets to the heart of the matter. Do you think we are now having the conversation we should be, or, or is the sort of move against the flag happening with such rapidity that it's actually papering over the actual substance of the issue? It's a necessary conversation, Chris, but it's kind of surreal that it's necessary. I really was expected to provide a list of reasons about why I don't respect people who thought my ancestors were property. That's bizarre, just like it's bizarre that there has to be a special convening of the legislature in South Carolina to debate whether to take down a, a racist uh, flag. The fact that we have to have that debate, again, is evidence that, that black lives just don't matter that All right. So, so I, why I really respect Paul, uh, Professor Paul Butler is because without really not, not that much emotion, because you often, see, you often see people of color screaming and, and emotional, and, and they, can't, they, can't, they can't contain themselves. They're emoting. Instead of just getting to, getting to the nitty-gritty, giving a cogent answer, and shutting people down. I'm about shutting people down at this point, but I don't see enough tight people that can give an answer to that. Now, the, the, now, the funny thing is, is that that happened a year ago, or two years ago. I think it was a year ago, and it went viral. And and the controversy was, well, why did he have to be so so mean to the caller? The caller is telling him that, well, I got you know, I I respect my Confederate Confederate uh, culture and yada yada yada, and I'm I'm supposed to just take that. That, that's the sickness, but we're not confrontational in the right way. And I'm saying that the pride quotient has to rise so you're able to actually get at these people. Like there, there's a controversy, not controversy, but it's kind of a similar thing. In Central Park are considering taking down. Now, this is why it's a, it is a slippery slope because you're dealing with um, uh, statues that aren't just Confederate statues. Now you're dealing with the the George Washingtons and and potentially the the uh, the Thomas Jeffersons in this particular case in Central Park there is a a monument to J Marion Sims. Now, oh, you gotta Marion, go, gotta go. <laughs> oh, well, let's get let's see. Right, you gonna 
You're going right where I'm going. J. Marion Sims, right, is considered the father of modern gynecology. But he was able to become the father of, of modern gynecology because he worked on his test subjects initially were slaves, slave women. And he didn't give slave women any kind of anesthesia or anything. He, they, I mean, he literally was the Joseph Mengele to black people. Now, Joseph Mengele, Dr. Death, and we, those who have studied um, uh, Ger- Germany and the Jewish Holocaust are fully aware that there were medical, in quotes, experimentation done to Jewish folks. Horrible. Horrors. I mean, a horror show. Freddy Krueger would have been a walk in a, a walk in the park compared to what Mengele did. This is our Mengele. And there are a number of Mengele's for, for the for, uh, uh, for for slaves, you weren't because he didn't consider a, a slave slave slaves a, a people, but you but we do see that he's in this part. Now, uh, they're gonna they're going to be people that are gonna argue about this. And listen, we might not be able to get that 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 statue taken out. I think that he should be studied because he's a historical figure. I think that he should be put somewhere. So he. Because if you don't know the history, that's the, that's the, that's the slippy slope. Also, is that we can take down the take down a statue, and then not know that black folks went through this stuff. So you can't have it both ways. You can't have a statue up there, and not discuss. You know, this guy was really the devil. Okay, but he's he's the father of gynecology. But it took black lives that he didn't consider. I mean, what kind of person is that? You have to be able to confront that. So I, I don't like the I don't like that there are too many black people that I'm seeing that are a little too, a little too stiff for me. You need to be you need to jump on these people with facts and no wavering. Our Jewish brethren, our Jewish brethren, they know how to how to do it. They know how to do it, and I and they're all, we're, we're always bringing them up because there's no wiggle room with them. But with us, it's always like, well, you know, you got to understand. I don't have to understand S. Well, I don't have to understand. Here, here's what I would, I, here's what I would say then. If people want to fight to keep these statues up, because as you said, we need to know the history. Then when I go see the statue of Robert E. Lee, I want to see it say on the on the base it says, Robert E. Lee, traitor to his country, secessionist, owned slaves, fought to keep slaves in the union. And asshole, then, asterisk. Go ahead. Then it becomes <laughs> then it becomes a monument to that culture and that history. But I guarantee you, if I go see a statue that says Robert E. Lee, is going to say Confederate general, uh, war here, whatever. I don't know. It's going to it's going to be a positive, um, a positive paradigm. Is that the right word? Of who this man was. So that's not that's not reflecting the history. So you're not learning anything. Let me go to 248. I want to bring, bring uh, this call around. But I, I must say, Q, and, and again, um, I, I don't, this whole thing of, well, we have to protect the history. I want to have a discussion with these people to say, what do you think that history is? That's what, that is what I do think these Confederate, these Confederate statues have to be put somewhere. I do think the Confe- that the Confederacy must be discussed. I'm in full support that. I, I don't see. My issue is that some of these SJWs just want this stuff to disappear. 
And if you disappear, then it, then it could easily go to the it could get to the point where we don't know anything about it, and that would be that would be a horror. That would be a true horror. That we must know the, the, the history, but it, it but it can't be. It has to be put in the context in the correct context. So that's why it's 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 a very it's, it's a balancing act. It is a balancing act. But I get the idea. I get the impression that these people just want they just want the bad the bad juju to go away. No, it's a little bit more complicated than that. I want people to know that the father of gynecology experimented on because it's a different spin now. So if you just said, "Oh, uh, J. Marion Sims is your father of modern gynecology," they said, mm, 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 "Oh, that's 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 quite profound." And but no, you said, "No, nah, but he was Mengele though. He was America's Mengele." Then that's the history. That's the real history. Now I want to know all the all the proponents that are gung ho on maintaining this history. In quotes, would they allow for that? That's where the effery begins. I don't think you're going to, then you're going to see a whole bunch of twists and turns. Let's go to 248. 248, welcome to the Midweek in Review. Tell us who you are and where you're calling from. What's up? Hey, uh, this is Ed calling from Detroit, Michigan. <clears throat> hey, Ed, what's up? Nice to hear from a you. A couple things on the, the topic. Um, <clears throat> first, what I, I'm finding a little bit alarming is uh, I've been reading through different social media, you know, uh, uh, news sources that there was a stand down order from the mayor of Charlottesville given to uh, the local law enforcement. Now, what degree of the stand down order is, and then I'm curious what information might be coming out later. Where I thought, you know, in Phoenix there was a well job where they split them two apart, but. What I'm getting at is that, that I don't like. You know, let law enforcement do their job. Let the chiefs of police, the county sheriffs, do their job if this is true. And I wonder if you guys might know a little bit about this and what your opinion of uh, of that is. Well, I did hear that there was a difference in the handling. Like what you just said, that uh, it, it did appear that the, that the police presence in Charlottesville was somewhat uh, tempered. Um, Nemesis, you were a retired officer. Did you hear anything about this? How the handling? I know you didn't want to go into it, but maybe you can talk about the procedure when I it comes did. down to these kind of things. Yeah, uh, with regards to uh, of events that the city might allow, you know, through permits and whatnot, like parades, there's a certain amount of um, tolerance that's offered, a little leeway. But what this gentleman is talking about is basically. Uh, Malfeasance. They did not do their job, and there were reports and anonymous uh, report, reports from police officers that were upset with the fact that they were told not to do, you know, basically uphold the law. So that goes back to my earlier statement where there is trickery afoot, so to speak, where there is the powered bees that are part of the organizational, uh, you know, group that are creating these problems or, or let, allowing them to happen to make news out of them. And to some degree, not to know specifically, they might have uh, told their officers to stand down as to not create an, a secondary incident that this could have been actually geared to perpetuate where the police were going after, you know, uh, what do you call them? Uh, not rioters, but um, help me out. What the, what the, the, the <laughs> anarchists? And people? Antifa? Yeah, the, the, yeah, they, they didn't want them the to have a direct into. No, I'm talking about with the protesters in Charlottesville. They didn't want them to have a clash oh, no. because then it seemed. You get where I'm coming from. They they didn't want, and I'm saying yeah. that's 
that's just a possibility. I'm not saying that's what it was. But when you have police officers that are anonymously, uh, you know, offering uh, information that they were told to stand down, what that means is, is like, we're going to allow it. And and who knows what their real reason is behind allowing it, whether they didn't want to clash with any protesters or whether they felt that this is a, 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 a fight we couldn't win, so just let them take it down and then it'll take more to get them put it back up. You know, there's, there's a lot of different facets to this situation. But mm-hmm. yes, there were many reports where police officers were told to stand down, literally just stay over here, don't get involved. Wow. Yeah, interesting. Um, and then the other thing I was going to talk about and uh, get your guys' opinion in regards to the uh, uh, Confederate uh, statues and then the Robert E. Lee statue. And I was in the Army in the military in the early 90s, and I can still remember being referred as a, as a Yankee, you know, when I come out of high school and I went fresh in the Army at 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, gosh, you know, the, it, the Civil War has been over 100 years. <laughs> no, not it, really. Yeah, well, the the actual Civil War, but um, I I see both sides of and where I'm bringing up me, I see both sides of the argument when it comes to taking down uh, these Confederate statues or leaving them up. And yeah, what you said was true about General Lee. But I also look at like when I watched the, when I what I've read on the Civil War when I watched the Ken Burns documentary on the Civil War was really great. One of the things with General Lee was why he went with the Confederacy too was he did not well he as he said I I cannot raise my hand against my home state of Virginia, you know, and I could see the point of view of the heritage of the of a General Lee statue. Uh, uh, in, in, in being one of the, you know the Confederate general, and that's his home state that he fought for, of uh, Virginia, um, you know, and just as well as there's you know the negative things that said uh, to be said about that too, uh, but I understand both sides of uh, the argument, you know, of keeping them up or or taking them down. Well, yeah, I tell you what. I'll mm-hmm. tell you how, how I was able to uh, really see this more clear than I've ever seen it. When, okay. you start to see, when you start to see other conflicts in other nation states, mm-hmm. this is almost unprecedented. When you think of the, the Nazi regime, after 1945, Germany said this is a no-go. There was, there was no wiggle room. There was no gray area about having... Uh, Nazi Nazi memorabilia, Nazi statues. Uh, after you after you lost, once you lost, that was it. And to this day, even I think there was a, a, a American tourist a few weeks ago that tried to do the Zeke Isle thing off the plane. He was arrested. I mean, they just they just shut that down. Any 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 kind of uh, if there is a memorialization involving the Third Reich. It's a teachable moment situation. I mean, it, it's not even, it's not even uh, up for debate or question mark. This is clearly Dachau, Auschwitz. They're there to say this was a, this, this was a this was a this is a a horror event. It's not to exalt the person. You don't exalt right. the loser. 
And when you say, and when you said that you were in the army and you and you encountered some of these people with this southern pride, and it's it's kind of still talking about about uh, the Civil War. Well, they refer right, to me I, as Yankee, you know. And oh it's yeah, like, I, I got that too. Yeah, yeah. I, I got the I got the Yankee thing too because I, I have southern yeah. roots. But I tell you what, it, mm. what I, I tell you what, what's really very ballsy. Uh, yeah. How many times? How many times have you seen this in cinema, or maybe in real life, uh, where a southerner might exclaim, "The South will rise again"? What the hell does that mean? <laughs> as a, as a, as a maturing person, some uh-huh. of these things just kind of pass over you. Like I, I, I heard that through childhood. I've mean, heard that my whole life. The South will rise again. I'm like, okay, would we want to hear? Well, we some of us you you do hear uh, the Third Reich will come again, but we no one is no one is like looking at that passively, but but unfortunately, uh, as a victim of the of the, of the of the Civil War, as a victim of the Confederacy, as a, as a black person or a black Southerner, you could inter- you could certainly say, what the hell? What I do not want to see the South rising again. So it just seems it, it, it's become so uh, so much a part of Americana that if you start to really peel back the layer, you're actually acting in a very uh, seditious and treasonous manner. I mean, when you think the effery begins or began with with uh, Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln he he disavowed any of the Confederate generals from being killed or anything. Now, when you look at uh, someone like Mussolini. Mussolini was dragged through the streets. Hitler, we never found his body, but we're le- we're, we're led to believe that he burned up in some kind of uh, some kind of of uh, room. Yeah, outside the bunker and in the room oh, where yeah, the Russian hey, Saddam I mean, Hussein was dragged through. <laughs> we we saw um, who was the Libyan? Gaddafi. They were poking him in his butt with a knife, literally. Mm-hmm. I mean, I said, what a way to get rid of hemorrhoids. I'm just saying. I'm like, oh, this guy's going down. <laughs> there, there was no, but with, but in America, well, you know, you tried to kill us. You tried to, you tried to, you were treasonous, but we're going to let you live. And better than that, we're going to erect a statue for you, and we're going to, we're going to memorialize you being a loser. I mean, the, the, when you really think about it, it is absurd. This was a war. You try to maintain. Slavery, and these folks are still saying they're still telling you that my culture was was a was a just culture. I'm with Professor Butler. Your culture was a bunch of crap because you would not want me to be this educated black person. You'd want me to be uh, rubbing your feet because you have rheumatism or working in the no. <laughs> Damn you, no. Ain't going down like that. Well, um, I think. I don't want to move you off of this topic, but it's tertiary to the topic. We're we're missing the orange elephant in the room. And I think this is the problem that the left has, the Democrats have, of which I am a member. Okay, yeah, we need to speak out about these statues, but priorities. You you and I, we went at you and I went at it about priorities. The priority is getting rid of the guy at the top. Cap was talking about this. It's all about the power structure, if I, if I heard him correctly. It's about the powers that be. Right now, the powers that be are giving license to, to every type of hate group in this country. So as much as I'd like to see those statues go down, 
if I have one fight to, 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 to choose, it's going to be going after the guy who's giving purchase to the people who want those statues to stay up. That's where we need to focus right now. Let me ask you something, Q. Yes, sir. All right. We already had something that was not supposed to happen and happened, right? Donald Trump won the presidency. Let's say, hypothetically speaking, not supposed to happen. He wins it again. What does black America do? He's not supposed to. He wasn't supposed to win the first time. He's not supposed to win it the second time, even more so, based on events that happened. What What is black black America supposed to do? Yeah. Well, that that brings me to another challenge to, and I'm not disagreeing with any of you guys on the on the panel here tonight, but it brings me to the fact that D Bird is saying we need to uh, galvanize, we need to get together. He's not seeing it. I can see where someone might make that argument, but I've been watching the news 24 hours a day because I want to see when it's going to go down. And I am seeing more black faces from the left and the right galvanize against this guy. I'm okay. seeing that intelligent black in, – in, I'm seeing that black intellectual come to light. It's, I don't think it's all lost that the nignoggery, which is still out there, let them do oh. that. I don't oh. want them. Let them do that. But I'm seeing, I'm seeing – People of means, black people of means coming together saying this has to end. Which well, is probably I mean, a good thing. I, I, I agree. Thought, I, listen, I always thought it was a good thing. I, I wasn't, I mean, Q and I, we, we've, we've gone back and forth in this thing. But I said ultimately, I thought that whatever you may think, uh, when you see this level of incompetency, this level, to the point where the truth is not really the truth, I mean, when you see Tucker Carlson, uh, Fox correspondent who says that after seeing Donald Trump look at an eclipse without glasses, and he says, "Oh, he got because he's so brave." Okay. <laughs> but but D D D Bert D Bert. Really? D Bert, that's a, that's a perfect example. He said that, and we we I'm talking about the left. We went crazy over that Huff Post. I love Huff Post. But they took, they bit that like it was a like a chum, and they were sharks in the water. They went right for it. They had two or three articles about. I'm like, are you serious? And then the next day, what does Tucker Carlson do? He said, you know what, Le- you leftists. I was joking. That was a test. You guys are rabid. We we fell for it. We keep falling for the we keep falling for the crumbs. We need to be looking at Hansel and Gretel. Stop looking for the breadcrumbs. <laughs> That's funny. That thing came out. That was hilarious. <laughs> oh, he's so brave. I bet you was about Barbara. Barbara lacks the intelligence. That's what I said before. That's what these guys would come out and say. And this is what Nemesis hinted at as well. Is that there's so much of a controlling thing going on. This of is course. this is modi- this is modified entertainment. So uh, some of it I'm not as reactive to, to be honest with you. I'm not as reactionary to a lot of it. Because I because th- I realize that this is a form of entertainment. Hell, you have Politicon. I might even go to it next year. So you, if it's gotten to the point where they have, an, uh, it's one thing for me to go to Comic Con, which I do go to. I'm going to Afropunk this this Saturday. But then there's a Politicon, also. That means that this is it is actually it is pop culture. Then politics has become pop culture. So it means I can't take it seriously, and I study mm-hmm. it. Politicon, oh, really? That might be people. I got. I got. I got to 
put the put the thumb screws on you right now because I think you're you're fighting against something that's a good thing. Maybe it is entertainment, but it's it perhaps you can look at it as a way of the average person going to a some sort of convention and educating themselves on politics. I can't tell you the number of people I try to deal with in my own crew that can't talk politics, don't know what's going on. So this is what it takes. I have no problem with, you know, Trevor Noah, uh, uh, Stephen Colbert, uh, Facebook. If this is what, well, Facebook, maybe not. But if this is what people are getting their news, as long as they're getting news and they understand it, so I have no problem with that. Yeah, Learn, politics, educate yourself through yeah, whatever means necessary. I got to throw a little fuel in the fire, though, right now. When Donald Trump had got elected, not to go off on a tangent, but tangentially related, Afro learned, and it was brilliant what he said. <laughs> and Q, you didn't quite agree. <laughs> so I got to bring it up. That's why I said throw a fuel on the fire. Kerosene on the fire. He said sometimes it takes a crazy white man to galvanize the people. And everyone reacted. Oh, why we got to have that? Why we got to... So, as you said, Q-Storm, some black people seem to be coming aware when at times... I'm going to add this part of it. This part you didn't say. And when at times, they've been totally sleepwalking. Just saying, though. Just throwing a few on the fire, man. Well, Q... Well, Q these, I mean, people I... were never, these people I'm talking about were never sleepwalking. Well, Q, listen, I was, Q, Q, I was telling you, and I say this half, half in jest, but, I mean, you decided to arm yourself, and you, you did this, and I said, okay, you did this because Billy Bob uh, has a tattoo, as you just told us, but Shaquan is around the corner from you, and it's really, t- could easily, more than likely, be the person that puts a bullet in your ass. Why didn't you decide to get I armed then? I mean, you know, to me, reality. I mean... My, my, my I, I have an answer is, to that. Hold on. Thing is, and unfortunately, uh, because of the, of the administration, I mentioned, I said this a long time ago. My fight is with the stupid. My fight is with those who are not able to critically think. My, I would prefer for all of this nonsense to be labeled urban terrorism. I want the, the MS-13s, the Klansmen, the Nationalists, uh, the gangs of Chicago. I want all that to be urban terrorism because that's exactly what it is. The way these the way these these pe- these people are radicalized, many of them in the in the twenty um, first century are being radicalized on the internet. Uh, Dylan Roof was radicalized on the internet. Not that not that dissimilar from his from his uh, ISIS Islamic or sometimes not Islamic uh, counterpart. The, the process is the same. The ideology, the, the ideology is different, but the radicalization process is exactly the same. So I don't understand this need to separate people who are clearly deranged, who are making my life uncomfortable. That, but <laughs> for some reason, we can't see. That's why. That's all I care about. I don't want to get a bullet. I, I don't. I don't want a bullet <laughs> whizzing through my my home, whether it's from Billy Bob, who has a problem with pigmentation. <clears throat> Or whether it's Shaquan, who may also have a problem with pigmentation. I mean, to me, all of them, all of them are beneath me. I want to see my Black Panther in 2018. I might want to see another. I might, I may want to see another naked female rump. I might. There's things I want to do. Okay, cornbread. I want to live. These people don't want me. They don't want that. They don't want it. You see the kerosene. 
<laughs> I have a response. <laughs> Wait, one more thing. You see, one more thing. The you see the no, currency? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let, me tell you, <laughs> let, me tell you, let me tell you how I saw I, I, I Let me tell you how I witnessed uh, insanity. I know this went around the, the internet as, as well. Beautiful, unquestionably. Unquestionably. Beautiful Afro Latina. Newswoman. Um, uh, Ilya. Uh, what's the last thing? Cute. Um, oh man, I think she she's Calderon. Uh, Calderon, exactly. Calderon. Now, she she. I mean, this this is also clickbait. I mean, how she how she she expects to get a warm greeting from a Klansman, but she looked at the Klansman and had some kind of conversation. Like I would never converse with the Klansman. I mean, I'm not doing that. But she she wanted to play this weird PlayStation game, so have at it. So she's talking to this guy. All I'm looking at her, I'm looking at her and saying, man, is she fine. This racist is so racist, he, he may be of an alternative sexuality. Because I'm looking at him like, what? Listen, even Thomas Jefferson, I hate to go there, but he, 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 he tackled, he wasn't, he, was, he wasn't racist in the sheets. He called her all kinds of weird things. I'm like, okay. You are clearly insane. He called her the N-word. She was frightened. I said, what did you expect? But when a person can't even admire beauty, you're, you're, I, got, I got to get rid of you. You got, you got to go. Urban terrorism, all of it. I want him to be in the same cell as the <laughs> Chicago gangbanger. Let them work it out. And televise it. And televise it. Now, that will be entertainment. But I want them away from me. I want just intelligent people and the dummies. The low cogitative people. That's who we're fighting against. That's it for me. That's it. Go ahead, Q. Well, he he took it to another whole place. But um of course. Go ahead. Uh in re- in response to why didn't I get a gun against Shaquan and Raekwon but Billy Bob? Well same I would person. say same person. Okay, all right. I would say it speaks to my the fact that I do believe in tribalism. Oh, understood. Let me finish. I understand that already. I understand that. Limbic I mean, system, but go ahead. Oh, 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 yeah, you know what? <laughs> you know what? That's part, I, I think when we divide ourselves like that, even though we can, we can say the dude over there, he's doing something that makes all of us look bad and that needs to change, but I... But we, don't, we can do that but not divide ourselves and put ourselves over here versus them over there. Then nothing gets solved. That's okay. ridiculous okay. to me. But I realize that I have been fortunate. I have been fortunate enough. My parents raised me. I was fortunate enough that I was able to get away from Shaquan and Raekwon. Okay? okay? I don't live near Shaquan and Raekwon, and I don't make any apologies for that. But I, apparently I live near uh, a lot of Billy Bobs who are coming out because Billy Bob number one is sitting behind the desk in the Oval Office. So that's why I went out and armed myself against Billy Bob versus Raekwon. Because Raekwon, unfortunately, Raekwon lives way north and east of me in Camden and in North Philly. I live in southern Philadelphia near uh, Wilmington, doesn't make me any better than anyone else, but I will remain tribal. But Raekwon and Shaquan right now are not a threat to me. 
That's that's the response. Let me tell you something. I don't look Ray Kwan either, <laughs> so it does make me better. <laughs> we, we have another call. We have another call. Listen, I'll be honest with you. We're not necessarily so close to Raekwon, but at times you may you may come across them unbeknownst. I mean that's that's the reality. Um, like I mentioned when you're this traveling on the before. highway. Thank yep. you. I mentioned this. I don't I don't even know if uh, I don't even know if uh, Nemesis is aware uh, aware of this. I uh, have another caller. We'll get to you in a minute. Except for the DMV. Um, my, you know uh, the Oracle. My dad. You know he he closed his business uh, within the last six months. And um, all these years, all these years, uh, without any kind of incident. But uh, his car was parked. Um, Jaguar, you know, hard, worked hard. Uh, he want he 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 deserves something nice. Car has had bullet holes in it on a, on a one o'clock in the afternoon. Now my dad. Looked at it like it was an accident claim, and I'm saying, wait a minute, because he had a business in, uh, in a uh, you could say a, a lower uh, economic area, and not even the lo- not even the lowest, not even the lowest, but low enough. Uh, might have been a brown gang, might have been a black gang. I don't make the distinction. I I can't go there. Some do that. I'm not going to do it. Anyway, um. I have this horror of my my dad could have easily been in the pa- the, the, the the one of the bullet holes was in the passenger seat, and I, that's when it became very clear to me cannot when it's that close when you're that close to home to to, to nonsense, you, you look at it a whole lot more clearly. And to me, uh, I'm not more, I'm not going to make the distinction between what happened to the the the, the, the unfortunate young woman. That was run down by a, a white nignog versus my my dad's car uh, being 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 vandalized that way. Or, or if anything, if he if he were in there, I would have had I would have had to have dealt with some kind of some kind of grotesque some kind of grotesque uh, collateral damage situation. And I'm I'm supposed to just take that. I'm not going to take that. So I hear what Q, where Q is coming from, but. You, we're in, you, you could be in any kind of environment. You can go from 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 the nignog environment to these these lower tier cracker environments, and you you're still dealing with a level of ignorance. And I'm not I can't I can't go there with the the tribalism because at some point it's all absurd. Still dealing with a level of ignorance. I mean, because the 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 the, the perpetrator looks like me, I'm gonna be I'm gonna have an easier go at it. I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, I, I think, think you explained it. I, I think so. you explained it. I think you explained it. I mean, you know, he, from his standpoint. I understood you know, it. He's not around. I understood know? it. Let's go to to DMV. Everyone, going to keep the line still open. We got about thirteen minutes remaining. Seven oh three. Welcome to the midweek. What's up? Gebert, Gebert, you're ranting again. It's wonderful. It's bison for life. <laughs> What's up, man? I'm going to tell you what I shot at. I shot at Deberts from Jamaica when the Jamaican drug boys was flooding D.C. in the 80s. I've shot <laughs> at Iraqis. I've shot at Afghanis. I've shot at crackers. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to shoot some more because I live in an open carry state. And it doesn't matter where you live. 
two two storm. They they they, they will get on a goddamn. They have cars now. And too many people do stupid stuff on social media, and people just can find them online and go rob them. I literally think where you live, your your zip code literally has nothing to do with it anymore. Because technically, crime has gone down. If you look at all the stats. What state do you live in? Chicago or some other place. Excuse me? What state do you live in that's open carry? Virginia. Oh, okay. That's good to know. I have family in Virginia. Yeah. I think we all, yeah, I have family in Virginia too. We're getting that. (laughs) I have family family in DMV. You know, at the end of the day, Deaver, I mean, you know, I'm very pro gun because I'm a black man in America and a descendant of slaves. So I, I, you know, I've, I've heard the stories. I've had family members killed by Taekwon and crackers. You know, so to me, it makes no difference. If you kick my door down, I'm gonna blow your head off. That, that's you know, what I'm getting. It is what it is. That's what I'm but getting at. Is, this is my thing. This is my thing, though. This is my this is my caveat, though. Um, I think that you know, there's there has to be sensible gun education in our community. You know, you just can't throw guns out there and expect everyone to use them correctly. That's not the case. I like the way Q Storm is going about it because he's a parent. And this is not 1985. It's not 1995. It's a different world out there. I just think a lot of people have been sleepwalking through because we had a black president. And they think things have improved. And things have, and I mean, mean, you've been saying this for years, you know. Those crackers hate your ass. There's nothing new. And, and, and thugs want to be thugs. That's true, too. But I do know in places where there's open carry and different gun laws, the dynamic is a little bit different. Now, you guys are probably near my age range, so you remember the the, the, the drug wars, Am, Ampo and all those guys in New York. Oh, yeah. Oh, causing yeah. Terror. And whose community was terrorizing? The black community. Now, I think the gun laws are a little bit different in New York. Things may have been a little bit, because it was carnage. It is nothing like we have now. We used to have a, a, a show in D.C. called City Under Siege. It was literally a, a count of a body count of people who got killed that day in the drug in the drug wars. I don't want to go back to that. You, you know something, Bison? You just reminded me of something. Yeah, I, I do remember that D.C. was the first. Might have been one of the early Chicago's. I mean, D.C. was a part a part where you were seeing blood was running in the streets in D.C. It was the murder capital of the world. Murder so Edmund, I mean, Google Rachel Edmund. You know, drug kingpin. You know, I mean, it was a lot of Rachel Edmonds. I mean, but you guys know who was different about them. Bison, uh, Bison hold, hold on for a minute because we got about nine minutes remaining. And I want to still keep you on, but I want to bring in another caller because I, I want to make sure I get as many calls as I can. Uh, 314, welcome to the midweek. Tell us who you are and where you're calling from. What's up? Yeah, Alpha Nerd, this is a Pianchi calling from down here in Louisiana. How you doing? Hey, what's up? Nice How's it going, here. sir? Man, I, I, I just got down here, so I wanted to call in on your program. So I'm on my my cell phone. But anyway, I want to make a comment about the statues. Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Go ahead. These statues are being associated <clears throat> with with uh, the slavery. And they shouldn't be. And I'm going to tell you why. 
Because if you look at those generals, those generals were soldiers who fought in many different wars, especially the Mexican-American War and also Spanish-American War, Cuban campaign, the Philippine-American War, uh, excursion that went on in Guam. That's why we have possession of Guam today, and also the Western Frontier. And one of the wars just happened to be the Civil War. So we argued down a municipality here that was contemplating on taking down the statue. And he said, hey, you know, Robert E. Lee fought with Ulysses S. Grant in Mexico in the Mexican-American War. And some of his tactics at that time was very crucial in the winning of that war. And you know what tactic he used? He used the same tactic, basically what Hannibal used when he took those elephants across the mountain. So uh, they're getting a bad rap, I think. Well, listen, my only thing is, I hear what you're saying, but I I think, uh, and this is what my fear really is, that if these things are taken down, that they're taken down and they're just taken away without actually being put in in, in a certain context. I think that people might be more um they they might they might be more uh, uh considering of it if they were to put these put these these statues in a in a uh in a graveyard or in some kind of museum where the actual history can be unpacked and we get the full history but if we're talking about these statues and you are correct but we're talking about Robert Robert E Lee and it, and this statue is a monument because of his participation in the Civil War, specific to that, then that's a problem. And I also mentioned that uh, if we're going to talk about history, I mentioned that we don't see that we don't see really any other version of that in another in, in other conflicts. When you go to uh, I mentioned in Germany, Germany is they're not going to have a Third Reich memorabilia uh, as as a loser in the face uh, uh, in the in the modern world. In full public view. Well, now they have they have memorials there in context. See, my thing is have these memorials in context. But you can't be on the well, losing team. You can't be on the losing team and then using use like I said the the South will rise again. We can't have that. Well, You're not rising they anywhere. Were, these generals were soldiers, and they followed orders. That's what they done. They to weren't keep, the ones that made the decision. To keep us the, Nure- the Nuremberg trials, they tried people, soldiers who followed orders yeah, as well. Yeah, but we in the United, we in the United States. No, but but wait, and 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 uh, if it hadn't it? been for them, wait a minute, let me finish. If it hadn't been for them doing what they've done, especially with Spain, well, the country we in today may not be the same. And also, here's another thing where a lot of discredit going. You had black soldiers that fought in the Civil War on both sides. And both That's groups true. went out to the West to become the Buffalo Soldiers. Well, you know what? You're, I'm going to tell you something. What you're saying, of course, is correct. This is the Afrinerd show. But we have to be mindful of something. This, this is something else I, I wanted to get make clear. Maybe black people, black people need to figure out their own vested interests. Now, what I mean by that is during the, uh, the uh, American Revolution, you had black folks that were able to that that were fought with the Tories because the Tories said, "Hey, we have we 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 abolished slavery in England. 
you so you had you had black people because you you at the time you were you were not an entity you were a non entity. So but you know uh, what else? Afro nerd. Wait, hold on. Let me finish you my point. Were, 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 were we yeah, were we traitorous? Can, can, can a black person be traitorous in that context? Because you weren't even you weren't considered a human being, let alone a citizen. So I well, think black folks need to start to be more. That we don't know is that you had Haitians under the leadership of Henry Christoph that fought with Washington at Savannah in the Revolutionary War. And if we want to talk about treasonous, well, we could say that those continental soldiers that broke away, when that group that broke away from Britain, they could have been looked at as treasonous also. But anyway, you're about to run out of time. Maybe I can get in yeah. earlier next time. But, but I, it's food I, I for pre- thought. I certainly, and I appreciate what you're saying. I just, and I think at the top of the show, I thought I thought I was making myself clear. I think it's time for Black people to come up with their own agenda. We're, as 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 Cap says, kind of colloquially, the Euro Black. We're, we're African Americans. We think of ourselves kind of from a white-minded perspective. And if you were to, to to divest yourself from that, Black folks need to be thinking about themselves, and start having raising the pride quotient, be prideful and mindful of what it means to be black. And like to, I keep on referring to this guy, but like Professor Paul Butler said, uh, uh, this, this woman calls him up and says, well, my, I'm proud of my Confederate, my Confederate ancestors. He says, after your Confederate ancestors, they would prefer, be, prefer, to me, prefer me to be uh, a, a fifth-class citizen. I mean, that's the way you have to confront these people, and we're not his, doing it. On his term... Afro nerd, if it wasn't for slavery, you and I wouldn't be here, possibly. And also, if it hadn't been for the events oh, of the Mayflower, no, it's true. <laughs> it's, it's really true. If oh. it hadn't been for the May, the events of the Mayflower, a lot of us wouldn't be here too, because of the admixture that we have biologically. The courses that the events that occurred through history, which we have no control over, you know, dictate. What we are experiencing today, like what we experience today, would dictate what would happen in the future. Anyway, man, I'll take you later on. Appreciate it. Q, you want to get in? I just I can't believe what the caller just said. <laughs> if we if not for slavery, we wouldn't be here. Okay, well if we're gonna play what if Marvel Comics, what if or Elseworlds. <laughs> If not for slavery, we would be in Africa. That means there would have been no colonization and slave trade, and who knows how we would have prospered in Africa. What? Yeah. Um, we, take we that might... Jesse L. Peterson crap someplace else. <laughs> I got a diatribe coming for that years later. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Hey, look, I don't uh, ever want to hear a black man say we should be happy for slavery. And let's not make the mistake every black person in America is a descendant of slaves. There, there are people who came, who've immigrated, who don't have, you know, American slavery as a, as a rope. As an albatross. Yeah, you, you, we, 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 we might be uh, Nigerian uh, surgeons coming over for the first time. How about that? <laughs> maybe, maybe that might, maybe hey, we, we wouldn't have. Maybe we wouldn't have uh, we would have our own surnames, and maybe we we would know who we were. Uh, I mean, we could, we could play that game. It's a lot. It's no, a lot of, I, I could say, if my mother has slept with Denzel Washington, I'd be a lot handsomer. <laughs> okay, you, you, know, you, you can pull that one back. 
Hey, Deber, you would not believe I met about two months ago. I met a black woman who was in the daughter of the revolution. You know, I mean, you'd be super. I mean, the thing about with America, when you hold a mirror up to America, we're everywhere. Yeah. Well, you know something. You know something else. I have to confess, there's something. I, I, I we may go over time for about five seconds. I got to mention this. I right before the, this airing, happened to see uh, Dr. Gates. You know, with his his uh, DNA show, he had Don Cheadle on, and he told Don Cheadle they were able to find the records. Don Cheadle, a lot of a, a great, a large swath of Don Cheadle's ancestry was connected to uh, some Native American tribes where Native Americans owned his family. And actually, some of his family were not freed at the same time uh, as the rest of us. Because these Native, not all Native Americans, but there were some Native American tribes that said, well, just because uh, America freed you, doesn't mean we have to free you. So he looked, he looked stunned. They showed, they showed, he was able to show on this 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 document from the Chickataw Nation or something that said that uh, three or four different Cheetos, same last name Cheeto, owned by Native Americans. So even I look like what? So, I mean, th- that's what America is about. America is about unveiling a lot of ish. Just like Ben Affleck found out that he his family owned a few Negroes. He was uncomfortable with it, and he tried to hide it. It's, it's open. It's, Didn't it's, they these make people... Central Park? Wasn't Central Park a black area? That's and correct. It seems like every couple of years they're digging up slave cemeteries Remains. or slave um, selling areas in New York. I mean, New York was a major slave area. Yes, and I don't know, and I'm tired of people always shitting on the South. I mean, I mean, the North was a major slave area. Central well, Park a, was black. That, well, listen, well, that's another thing. I'll have to revisit <laughs> it. I'll have to revisit it. But there was because uh, I forgot the actual name, but there, I forgot the name of the of of the section of New York. But it was really considered somewhat of a black middle class area. And they 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 took that that land away from black people. There's there's m- many quasi eminent dom- domain stories. I mean, many of the stories with these these black pockets of prosperity, uh, we were uh, it was it was bloody or was some kind of somebody's butt was touched. It, something went on, and then we were we, we were burnt out or bombed out. But there were other uh, cases where it was a, a, a faux legality issue, and these black areas were were taken away from black people but you you are correct in central park that that was a region that was predominantly a black neighborhood that was taken away from from us and you and you're also correct that in uh that was one area where they're finding some of these slave remains and in the wall street area there's a designated area that they also found a slave graveyard so i mean there's a lot of history that's being uncovered um and i think really was it, what is it again? Seneca Village or Seneca, Seneca. Village. Seneca. Seneca. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. Seneca. That's correct. Um, I mean, all of this history needs to be put out there. I'm all, I'm all about information. I, I don't like things not being known. So, the, but these Confederate statues, they should be removed and put somewhere, put somewhere 
in context and let the full disclosure come out. Don't have J. Marion Sims, which I've repeated consistently. Have him as a hero of gynecology without saying, oh, you know, he works with about 12, about 12 or 13 sisters without, without um, any kind of, of, of anesthesia. He thought that their pain tolerance was, was greater than white, than a white woman's. The white women in that time period got anesthesia. Your, your black sisters did not. That's Mengele. It's the Northeast Mengele. And it should be put in that context. I'm just saying. All right, gentlemen, it's been real. Unfortunately, I'm not going to have a show on Saturday because we're going to do the Afropunk thing. Uh, we will talk about it. And hopefully it will be a, a refreshing spot. We'll get into it. We'll talk about it next week. Uh, let's go out on the gorillas, Rag and Bone, The Apprentice. Next week, folks. It's been real. <laughs> Good show. You can be mad at me. Tell me I was born to quit. I was checking. Go. Or you could just freak with me. Set it again. Let the numbers roll. I hear that about you, baby. Back when the city's cold. Don't ever look at me like that It's just in the daylight, no It's just in the daylight, no Thank <laughs> you.
Yo, new black king, New York dream. Tell these motherfuckers everything I'm seeing. My world darker than the young black dream of the first black prince of a new white king. I just wanna play, have it my way. Make a bunch of fucking rules and tell them obey. They can with me, yeah, yeah, OJ. First name government, no him, I slay. Lay. New black king, oh, new black king, yeah. New black king, oh, uh, obey, obey, obey. I am a broken screen, I'm a man. 